Hi, Kelly. Sup? I can't really hear them that well. They haven't really talked yet. Okay. Hello? Yeah. Hello? There you go. You I can't see it, a, but Kelly's like five I, feet away from the mic. Yeah, I need to get a little. Hello? There you go. I need to get a little better. Um, a little better you stand for that You don't have one. a good guest set up in here. Well, I'm working on it. You're the first guest I've had in here. I want to get a better chair and an actual boom stand. Yeah, my chair is horrible compared to your comfy chair. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World. Your weekly deep dive into that phenomenal 90s TV show known as Boy Meets World. I am one of your dads, Tyler. And I am your other dad, Brett. And today, uh, we are once again joined by two of the most incredible people on the whole planet. And that is our wives. Wives, would you like to say hello? Hey. Hi. (laughs) That's not hello, but cool. That works, yes. I could have said no. You could have said no. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> uh, so let's start with Hetherington's. What's new with you guys? How are things going? Oh, things are going all right here in Hetherington land. We, uh, we're in the midst of uh, the grip of spring cleaning fever, I guess you'd call it. Just went out to the store today and got a bunch of uh, totes and whatnot and uh, some art to hang on the walls and some basic white mom art to really yeah. a- annoy our eldest who, who I love your basic really white mom like art basic white mom art <laughs> so yeah we're doing that and spring break is uh, going to be over come tomorrow so the kids have been, have, are, are wrapping all that up ours doesn't start until this week yeah, yeah, we're a week ahead. And Kelly is going to be uh, graduating in a couple of weeks here from her master's class, so, or her master's program, so that's exciting. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I was trying on the cap and gown this afternoon, so that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Is it like the real, like, professional-looking cap and gowns? Do, 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 it's the do, standard do. cap and gown, but they did give me... Um, the like masters i don't even know what it's called it's like that really interesting collar thing oh, like, yeah. i don't know what to call it i know what you're talking about yeah but i know it's not like the big fancy doctorate not gown. the sleeves but the collar yeah nice so i'm excited yeah so what's going on over there in volkland well misery <laughs> uh so last week we talked about having some Henry thinks uh, it's funny. Yeah, we had some ear infections. This week, we're dealing with, I don't know, a stomach bug of some form. Uh, we spent two days in the ER uh, with the little oh, ones, so guys. that was fun. Um, because he was dehydrated. He was dehydrated, yeah. vomiting. And then uh, the oldest decided that he wanted to not feel good today, so he laid on the couch all day today and vomited as well, so... Just, and then the little one was back to vomiting. And then the too. little one's back to vomiting too, yeah. So both of them just aren't mm. feeling good oh. and 
you know, we're just both hoping we don't get whatever they have right now. I don't know. So, yes, fingers crossed. It's nice and fun. I don't think I'm I've crossing ever all of my digits for you. Covered in so much vomit before. Yeah. Poor Sarah keeps literally getting vomited on by Henry. It's just every time. <laughs> and I've never been around for it. Convenient. Mm. Yes, very convenient. That is a fun, fun mental picture for the good-looking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but outside of that, I mean, everything is going okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes up a lot of energy uh, being in the hospital with your little one, and you just don't want to be there. So that's been our life this week, so... Hopefully we have enough energy to get through this episode. I may need to crack open a second Dr. Pepper quickly. So, All right. Well, you are taking the wheel hosting this week, so uh, why don't I set our plate, and then you can uh, uh, speed us along there. Sounds good. All right. So we are taking on the seventh episode of Season 2 this week, Wake Up Little Corey. Now, I have two synopses this week, uh, just for, for humor. The Disney Plus synopsis simply reads, Literature comes alive for Corey. <laughs> that is all it reads. That's the G-rated the, version. Yeah. Uh, a better detailed synopsis reads, Corey and Topanga spend the night at the school while working late on an assignment. In the morning, they find out that the entire school thinks they slept together. This episode was written by Glenn Merzer, directed by David Trainer, originally aired November 4th, 1994, and currently sits at an 8.5 IMDb rating. Well, we start the episode off in English class because that's where every, uh, it feels like every big lesson plan comes from this uh, season. And uh, we have Turner writing on the board, love, sex, slander, about how gripping uh, these topics are, and how even though uh, it's been 400 years since uh, nothing, uh, nothing, or much, <laughs> much to do about much yeah, to do much about to do nothing. about nothing. Sorry, um, I do. And half of the class is asleep. Sorry, especially much- Sean. Yes, <laughs> it's what? I do. Sorry, I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, so they're sleeping. Sean falls out of his seat. Corey kicks him. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Turner's a little disappointed and, you know, doesn't understand why these guys aren't gripped to their, their floors. And, uh, well, other than Sean, he is on the floor. And uh, he asks, oh. you know, where, where do you see these type of things nowadays? Yeah. And I did clip his question for the class. You got this innocent young girl, and somebody says that she slept with this other guy, right? And her reputation is shot, and we think she's killed herself. Now, where are you going to find this kind of stuff? Melrose Place. NYPD Blue. Barney. (laughs) My sister says he's gotten edgier. Mr. Turner, we just can't relate to these characters at all. Why not? Because nobody acts like this. Just because some guy says something about some girl, the girl wants to kill herself over it? They say that stuff about Heather Locklear every week, and she doesn't want to kill herself. She's on the cover of TV Guide. You're right, Matthews. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. 
So am I done with my education? Can I go? In Shakespeare's day, the play's the thing. Now, in our day, I guess the thing is TV. So maybe we should put ourselves on TV and ask ourselves what we think about love, sex, and slander. You mean interview each other? Kind of like a documentary? Exactly. I'm curious. Does Corey really watch Melrose Place? I doubt it. I mean, Topanga apparently does. Uh, which is really, I have to say, Topanga not relating to characters of great literature is surprising to me just as much as Topanga getting into Melrose Place. But this, it's just part of the episode has to episode, right? You know that. We understand <laughs> I must feel like maybe it's just like, you know, you know those shows. Sarah, did you, you watch Melrose Place? I've watched a couple episodes, but like I know about it, you know, like I've never gotten into it, but I know the general gist, just like 90210. Like that was my jam. I watched 90210. <laughs> <laughs> like the, there are these popular shows that like, even if you didn't watch it, you know about it. You knew about it. Absolutely. <laughs> I was aware of them without watching them, but still. But regardless, the. The moment he says, let's, you know, let's use some of the equipment we have and, and turn it into kind of TV like the boys immediately get excited. And you could tell that Topanga mm -hmm. also was kind of interested, too. So. And honestly, it could mm -hmm. just be that they're hitting that almost to break, you know, slump that every kid gets into right after Halloween of like, let's just get to Christmas break and it's not here yet. Why isn't it here yet? And, you know, so there's a strong chance that they're feeling those type of you know, just exhausted and tired and over the fact of, you know, going to school already. I feel that. Yes. <laughs> because just last week we did, we did hear about Corey and his obsession with Baywatch and how cold the water is. Yes, we did hear about that. Ah, ooh. Ah, ooh. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you have clipped the uh, next instructions that Turner gives? I did not clip the instructions. No. I just like that he says, all right, everyone get into pairs. And he goes, ah, oh, boy, girl pairs. <laughs> Corey and Topanga immediately look at each other. And you know that those two are now on a team. Mm -hmm. Well, they did just make out at the end of the last episode. So yeah, isn't that interesting? So the last episode they make out and then that's it. They go to the party. They're just maybe, friends. Who knows? But they didn't decide to date. And normally in, I mean, the show hasn't established this yet, but. As time progresses, as if people make out or kiss or whatever, all of a sudden now they're boyfriend, girlfriend. And that doesn't happen in this episode, which is just odd, in my opinion. We have to wait and yeah, they can't they, be together yet. Yes, they, they end the previous episode kissing in Corey's bedroom while the thunder rolls. And he is a werewolf. He is an animal. Mm -hmm. But now they're just friends again. And. But anyway, I digress. Yes. But then uh, Mr. Feeney walks into the classroom. <laughs> yes, Mr. Feeney with uh, fantastic. What's new? What's new? Yes. What's happening? <laughs> What's shaking? <laughs> What's up? And I do, I do have Mr. Feeney's uh, question, so we can roll right into that in the halls is that you have abandoned the teaching of English in favor of sex, lies, and videotape. Oh, well, you know, 
we give them these books that have these classic scenes of romance, yet we have no idea what's going on in their heads about sex and love. Oh, neither do they, Mr. Turner. <laughs> uh, you are fueling a fire you should be putting out. You can't stop them from growing up, George. You have given them a video camera and a license to talk to each other openly about sex. That's growing up too fast. This isn't our place. Well, it's our place to show them that classic literature still applies. Show them then by, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, teaching them? Well, I think I can teach them better if they make the connection themselves. Mr. Turner, in the matter of sex, I prefer they make no connection until they're out of our jurisdiction. Well, don't you think that thinking's a little antiquated, George? I prefer to think of it as classic. Well, it's just a little project. I think it'll be okay. Mm. That's what Dr. Frankenstein said to all the curious villagers about his little project. Well, I guess we should just start this topic of going, how would you guys feel if either of your teenagers came home and you were told, hey, we're taking a week to uh, ask our parents, ask friends uh, and teachers about sex? Hmm. In seventh grade? I don't think I'd like that very much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I do have to say, um, it, it I side a bit more with Mr. Feeney on this one. Um, as as much as I uh, as much as I agree with Mr. Turner that this is a topic that they're going to engage in, that they're going to discuss on their own. I do question whether or not the school has a place of. Uh, of actually engaging it. Um, I mean, even today it's, it's a topic that's gone all the way up to the state. Just where is in a lot of States, where is the line where the school should be engaging in uh, where a student, where, what is the role of the, of the school in uh, enabling a student to, uh, declare gender identity to explore different forms of expression and whether or not that's even uh, shared with parents. So even something like this, where is, where, where is that line where the school is supposed to accept and allow them to run with it versus where is the school supposed to nip something like this in the bud and say, okay, let's just stick to what's in the curriculum. I like the idea of go of being creative and engaging them. But at the same time, I do side a bit more with Mr. Fee on this, especially in seventh grade. This doesn't really go with the abstinence only education that uh, Pennsylvania schools teach. <laughs> Yes, Pennsylvania <laughs> schools is very clear on abstinence only is the only way to... As a to... Philadelphia school. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've yeah. kind of already addressed that this isn't really Philadelphia. It's a different It's the Boy Meets World universe, Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so just so you guys know, I did reach out to our special uh, teacher extraordinaire correspondent, and this was her <laughs> response. <laughs> I said, uh, hey, uh, would you do what Turner did? And she said, absolutely not. Never, ever in a kajillion trillion years. As a lawsuit <laughs> uh, written all over it these days. Yes. She said, it's not a teacher's place to teach anything regarding sex, relationship, orientation, gender, religion, 
or political affiliations or any other thoughts and opinions, at least nowadays. Totally inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just good to have that context kind of out of the way of just like, this is not really something that can truly happen slash would be a wise thing to do. Um, Because there would be those parents that would, I mean, I might even be one of them that would be like complaining because that's not really what, how I want it to be taught or talked about. I mean, and, and the only defense I think Turner could truly have is I am not telling them what it is. I'm just allowing them to ask the questions and then put together what they found. Mm-hmm. So if we mostly view this in the context of not necessarily a true assignment where they're being told this is exactly what things need to be, just more of a opportunity to explore and them taking, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like when we talk sometimes about like, what you put into it is what you'll get out of it. So if the more people you talk to, the more opinions you get, the better results you could have on learning something. Mm-hmm. Now, if Turner had gone in with a set uh, a set parameter for them and not just gone open-ended, I'd be more on board with it. Right. But with it just as nebulous as it is, I'm I'm much more on Mr. Feeney's side. Right. Well, and Feeney has done lessons like this in the past, but... You can tell he's done this before and he lays out the 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 direct things. And maybe Turner is the same way. He's, he has done this in previous classes, so he has no problem doing it again. It's just it doesn't feel like it. So mm-hmm. are there any other concerns that you moms would like to bring up before we get into the uh, Corey vision? Well, I'm sure I'll say my concerns as we go. <laughs> I can tell you, Kelly loved Corey Vision. Oh my gosh. I felt sorry, Sarah, but I thought I was going to vomit. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's fine. Talk about vomit funny these last few days. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we begin in the hallway where most of the uh, sex talk happens is in the hallway, which honestly, uh, pretty uh, reasonable for high schools to have most sex talks in mm-hmm. the hallway. That's where all the making out happens, we've learned. Yeah. Uh, anywho, uh, Topanga is ready for, uh, you know, to interview people as they come along. Uh, people disappear and Corey is just that camera's all over the place. Kelly, would you like to share and express your thoughts on Corey vision? What do you mean? Just, just what your thoughts are on Corey's artistic vision. Oh my gosh. Especially, and, and just to set the scene for the good looking people, we have a projector set up in our, our basement that we watch this on. So we weren't just watching us on like a, a 32 inch screen or 24 inch screen like this was intended to be viewed on in 1994. We were watching on like uh, a 96 inch screen. <laughs> so it was absolutely horrible trying to watch that. I had to look away a lot, but I have to admit it reminded me of a time when we were in youth ministry and one time we let the teenagers just have the cameras and do whatever they wanted for a video they were making at a cookout. And that's exactly what it was like. (laughs) Tyler's trying to remember because he knows I'm talking about him. (laughs) I mean, but I was going to out myself already of 
I know for a fact I would say this is Tyler or Volkvision, and I would just kind of go bananas like horror. Oh, like, but who was it? It was it wasn't you that had the camera then. It was uh Oh, who was it? David? I don't remember his last name. Could have been. Do you remember he him? tended to be behind the camera but didn't understand steadiness. It's like the yeah, Blair Witch and project. you guys are just running all over Nancy's yard, and it was... It, it was filming a part of a Purple Police episode. Yes, and it was like two hours of footage, and we could use 15 minutes, and... Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I thought of. <laughs> this is Deep Inside Baseball with Dad's Meat World. <laughs> yes. Oh, before we get moving too far, especially because we're actually going to get into people's thoughts on this... Uh, at this point, it is this is Nick Nick cut. Uh, there's no way around it. And for the record, uh, we as parents yes. don't feel comfortable with our five year old watching this because we're just not ready for the what is sex question. Um, mm -hmm. So if you do not want your child to hear anything about this, this is the time to stop. And uh, you probably should have stopped. Already. You probably should have already stopped. I mean, most likely people that don't want their kids to hear this episode will just avoid it because most of our people, I think, listen already watched the show so they know but just in case you know yes and again as as our rule for this this podcast if you have not watched the episode what are you doing listening to the episode that we're recording <laughs> and why haven't you sent us but an yes. email and left a review yet i think they just are doing <laughs> not doing it just yes now. hashtag release the nick nick cut hashtag leave us a review <laughs> now with with Corey's <laughs> with Corey's visual style I do have to ask to to the collective here. Do we think Alan and Amy are allowing Corey in seventh grade to regularly watch NYPD Blue? This is a TV show that was early on in the TV rating system, would be regularly rated TV 14, and was among the first, if memory serves, to be hit with a TV M rating. Some of it was regularly hit with uh, the harsher ratings for violence, for language, and of course, it was routinely in in the uh, zeitgeist for nudity. So, do we think Alan and Amy are routinely allowing Corey to stay up at the ten o'clock hour on a Tuesday night to watch NYPD Blue? Just curious. Um, I think it's one of those things that like people know about, but um, I'm sure maybe he's probably watched a couple episodes, but maybe not like all the time. Oh, Sean probably recorded some and they watched I mean, that on too. that weekend. Right. Yeah, I could see Sean watching them religiously oh. every week. Oh, Sean probably does. But um, Corey, he probably only watched it with Sean. You know, I can't imagine him even is his bedtime before 10 it has to be <laughs> well and this is where my opinion is going to be a little skewed because when i was a teenager i had a, uh, a tv in my room i had one obviously in my room way before i was a teenager and essentially once i was a teenager my parents stopped coming in and checking what i was watching like they may come in and say hey good night well but as far as what i was watching how late i was watching like unless it was like past midnight they weren't coming into my room like they could always tell if the tv was still on or not because i normally fell asleep watching tv but um for for me they they wouldn't care i mean they sorry let me just say this 
they would care if I was watching something they thought was inappropriate and I was lying to them about watching it, but quite often I would share whatever I was watching with them. So that's a good question for uh, a new segment will debut called ask Tyler's mom. Uh, <laughs> since we know that you have listened lately, uh, Tyler's mom, I'm sure we won't she use your only name. only listened because is, she knew he talked about Is this true? Did, did Tyler have free reign of the TV in his room? We'll see if we get a response. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so unless I purposely say, hey, I told another story <laughs> that my mom should fact check. <laughs> we'll find out in the weeks ahead. Anyway, back to our episode. We could start doing that with your mom, too. <laughs> we could, but I'm pretty sure she has not listened <laughs> I also think there's a point when you reach in teenage years where your parents don't want to censor like what you watch anymore slash they want to watch things. So they're just okay with it. Cause I mm -hmm. remember probably being around this age and like my mom and I watched like every crime show that was on TV. Um, and I mean, they weren't all like NYPD blue, uh, like level, but, um, we did watch a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like there comes a point when the parents are just like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I want to watch it. I don't want to mm -hmm. have to fight about it. Yeah. Well, and we, we, so we go into um, back into the episode where they're ready to interview people and everybody disappears. <laughs> and so Corey <laughs> goes, well, what do you think? Like, tell me it's what you say. And she goes, well, some people say, and I do have every one they interviewed. I clipped every one of these. Well, then why am I talking? Just play the clip. Every one of these interviews. That's why I stopped you. Some people say sex, great anywhere, anytime. Who says that? Every boy in the world. Oh, yeah. To boys, let's face it. Sex is just a goal. It's something they're after and they're not really sure why. I think sex is part of a special kind of love that you feel for a very special person. Yeah, fine. Now let's wake up the audience. I clipped every one of them separately so we could so we could uh, chat about each one separately if we wanted to. Okay. I'll go ahead and dive in for for Topanga's. Um, you know, I think she makes a very level-headed and fairly astute observation of what she views to be the male perspective on sex, especially as a seventh grade girl. Yeah, exactly. It's a fairly accurate. Mm -hmm. From my experience of being a female <laughs> interacting with uh, <laughs> teenage boys when I was a teenager. <laughs> also, when you met your husband when he was a teenager. Yeah. No, I this is the thing that we love about Topanga is she knows her thoughts, her opinions, but also is very aware of what other people think and feel and wants to talk about both of those two things. So, mm -hmm. Kelly, anything you want to add to Topanga's thoughts? No, you guys kind of covered it. <laughs> I know. I will say, listeners, we didn't get to talk about this yet, but we are doing our regular uh, talk over the Internet. So Sarah and Kelly are both kind of sad right now because they're not getting a chance to sit side by side and making fun of us. It's easy right now. So no, we can't like interact as well. Mm -hmm. You can't make yeah. slide comments, you know, about how much we're talking and everything. So no. 
Also, Kelly kings. doesn't get to snuggle a baby. I get to. That's true. I'm honestly I amazed know, you two aren't like so texting sad. each other back and forth. Like, gosh, Tyler, can't you just finish your thoughts and move on? Do you want us <gasps> to? Oh, I'm just teasing both of you. I was thinking that about my husband today, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, can we get the next clip, please? <laughs> yes, we can. We uh, run into Joey. Okay, sex is very beautiful, especially within the confines of a loving, monogamous relationship, preferably marriage. That's really nice. Hey, thanks. Hey, is it all right if I say hi to my kids? Kelly, what about your thoughts on I Joey's thoughts? I love Joey so much. And where did he come up with the word monogamous? I don't know, but... <laughs> I think he's secretly um, smart. I think so, too. I do, too. And um, I, of course, loved his definition. Um that's as close to my definition <laughs> uh, since I come from a Christian worldview. That's the closest that it comes to what I view oh, yeah. is the proper place for sex. So, um, but yeah, I thought that was really good. And then of course his quip about saying hi to his kids was absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we don't always like we learn more about Frankie as the, the show progresses, but we don't always, we don't learn that much about Joey himself. There's a chance that Joey's parents are still together and he's just I Joey mean, the rat because he's Joey the rat. Maybe he grew up in a Christian household mm -hmm. and this is his way of rebelling. So his worldview is like that's what he was taught like growing up. Hmm. But, you know, he hangs around with Harley and he's a pastor's kid. Maybe, <laughs> you know, they they do act out the most. Just kidding. <laughs> April Fool's. Knock on wood. Maybe. <laughs> Joey's, Joey's father is the pastor at the mega church in Philadelphia. There we go. Canon. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part of the dad's meat world. Uh, overall universal canon now. Sure. There we go. We figured out who Joey's parents are. <laughs> I mean, we know who Frankie's parents are. It only seems right. Yeah, it fits. I mean, okay. If we're gonna go in the pe the pre the preacher's kid route, I would say most likely it's more of a struggling church where pastor does a lot, but also probably has like a side job too, just to maintain. So, I like the mega church idea because I feel like he could be so overwhelmed and like so like. You've watched the Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, I feel like it falls right in there <laughs> well let's let the good-looking people decide do you think it's a mega church that he's coming from or a struggling you know month-to-month -month type church well let's hear what sean has to say about love and sex goody how do you know if you're in love well, love is the most amazing rare and precious thing in the whole world have you ever fallen in love? Five times a day. Now, do we want to hear Sean's second part about uh, falling in love? Because he does have another segment in the editing room. Yeah. Okay. We'll add that, too. Love is really great. And it's even better if you love someone who likes you better than you like her. Cause, and she'll pay for stuff. And she's paying. Love is way cool. It's disgusting. He's my best friend. Sean has a very unique take on love, we'll call it. 
Unique is a nice way to describe it. <laughs> Sean's view on love is very much fits right with where he comes from in the world. Sean's view on love is all about what does this, how does this benefit me? Mm-hmm. And it's a very, Sean's, Sean's view on love is very much based on emotion. And uh, where where is my... Where's my heart at in this moment? And what what can what does this benefit me in this moment? Based upon what his parents have taught him about relationships, that's not surprising. No, it's clear that Sean is does not have a true, sincere understanding of love. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping that next season he can learn a little bit more about love. I think Sean will learn a little more each year. I think so. Yes. And then there's Harley. Yes. Well, that's a very personal subject I have many thoughts on. Joey, (laughs) tell him what I think. Harley Kiner. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Harley does share his thoughts finally in the end of the episode. He does. When we read these books in class, it seems to me that the authors construct scenes of love which to me do not seem based on reality. Well, what's your idea of reality? A moonlit night, the backseat of my Chevy Impala, and the lilt of some sweet girl's voice whispering in my ear, hey, you're crushing my cigarettes. It's love. That might be my favorite out ever. (laughs) So wonderful and so Harley. Uh, how have you described Harley and his poetic nature? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's that, that deepness that we've spoken about before and how <laughs> trashy the actual thing is. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. We also get some thoughts from Mr. Feeney. Yes, my opinion is not on school property. <laughs> Be careful with that valuable equipment. Thoughts, ladies? Well, you definitely shouldn't on school property. That's gross. <laughs> Yes, definitely not on school property. I agree. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's a breeding ground. And it is valuable equipment. Germs. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh. I'm sure janitor Bud is not the most efficient of cleaners of that school. <laughs> do you have janitor Bud's uh, opinion on sex? Oh, I do. I do. We'll get there. <laughs> we get Mr. Turner. What's more important? Love or, you know... The other thing. Love. Love is the most important thing in the world, Matthews. And love is the only thing that makes sex worth having. Have you ever been in love? Not yet. But it's something I'm hoping for, and I know it'll happen. So, have you ever had, you know, the other thing? What? Have you ever had, you know, because you said you've never been in love. And if you had, you know, and you weren't in love, then, you know, must not have been any good. Oh, oh you Mike Wallace. That's my favorite. That one. was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and why is it your favorite, ladies? Um, Because Corey talks Mr. Turner into a corner. Like he says the right things <laughs> like, you know. Uh, sex without love is, you know, not that good. But then he gets backed into a corner because. Even though he can talk the talk, he's not walking the walk. And it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the reason you like it as well, Kelly? 
Yeah, I'd say so. I love the fact that Corey thought on his feet mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. That was so great. And I love how he couldn't say the word sex. Um, you know. I think that was cool. Yeah, the you know. I think it was cool to see that progression through the uh, whole episode that he matured a little bit. Oh, but it was so funny. That was just great. Yeah, I think at that point, Mr. Turner should have realized maybe this might be getting a little bit out of hand. <laughs> well, I, I think it's that thing that we all realize that we try to teach a subject and we get hit with a question that we're not ready for in moments like that, like confrontation, not not intentional confrontation, like, are you doing the things that you say you're doing? And sometimes it's really difficult and you avoid answering, honestly, because you're like, well, I don't want to be honest. But it's important mm-hmm. that you are honest. The do what I say, not what I do. Right. Yes, we have a whole co- several mm-hmm. generations that are messed up because of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we go to the Matthews house finally. Oh, yes. And we get. Hi. <laughs> I'm a romantic guy, so to me, love is very important. And you girls will be surprised to learn that I'm currently available. Yeah, good. And if this was a dating service, I'd care. Now talk about your attitudes towards love. I'm in favor. I'm also in favor of candlelit dinners and long romantic walks on the beach. Answer the question. The question is, am I the guy for you? What? Oh, Eric. Anyone want to weigh in on Eric? I'm sure at this point, uh, a season and a third in, we're pretty, pretty well aware of what Eric's thoughts on sex and love are. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anywhere, anytime. Yeah, he's a typical teenage boy. I I think Topanga had Eric. uh, I was going to say Eric nailed, but that (laughs) that doesn't seem appropriate. I think uh, Eric figured out would be a more appropriate (laughs) expression there. And I know how you secretly long for me. (laughs) Nick, Nick. (laughs) And then we get Alan and Amy. Hi, we're Corey's parents. Yes, we are. Both of us. (laughs) And I'm Eric Matthews, the guy for you. Here's the phone. Two operators are standing by. Okay, look, here's the deal. I need you guys to be very mature about this and talk about, you know, S-E-X. On camera? It's for school. What the heck are they teaching you? I'll go first. I'll be very direct. Sex is like voting. <laughs> it's a privilege that you may choose to exercise when you're old enough. Go on. And you don't want to vote for somebody you haven't known for a really long time or have strong feelings for because you may be stuck with that person for quite a while. Yes, sex is like voting. You go behind a curtain, you do your thing, and then you get to do it again <laughs> in four years. I have to say, I love Alan and Amy thinking on their feet with the voting analogy. So uh, parents of teenagers, uh, would you describe uh, (laughs) sex the same way to your children? Uh, To be frank, I didn't use an analogy. I I may have shared this before um, on the podcast, but when I had the talk in quotations, um, we were working on the brakes on my car and you, I, I you wanted, have mentioned that. Yes. Um, we, we, we paired that with, uh, something, uh, you know, kind of a rite of passage and I didn't, I didn't really go into any metaphors or, uh, 
any any type of uh, anything like that. So you didn't tell them to put the brakes on the hormones since you were fixing the brakes? Not really so much. <laughs> um, that would have been was, a prime opportunity. It, it would have been, but I didn't want to get too cutesy with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you you know our son and and um, where where the the brain might have been and what might have been focused on and what might not have been. So I, I probably wouldn't have used any metaphors otherwise. Uh, we're we're pretty direct in our house. No, no. Your son's not old enough to have the talk because <laughs> it was just like a couple years ago that we were looking for the ducks. <laughs> yes, but our son also has a girlfriend currently. His third one. He sounds like Tyler. Tyler, get a picture of your wife right now. I'm sure her jaw's on the table. <laughs> You've known that he has. I know he has a girlfriend, but yeah. no. No, this is the third one. He this The is, third one? Wait, was, I missed that part. I must have. <laughs> yeah. I, think he was I do um, appreciate so guys- their response because they clearly, in the Matthews household, you can tell that they don't want to talk about this subject. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Corey kind of put them on the spot because clearly Alan did not know what he was going to be asked about. Correct. He probably said, hey, can you come sit down? I'm going to ask you a question for a class project. I mean, his response was, what the heck are they teaching you? <laughs> I mean, if if our kids sat us down and, and asked to record us, no, no prompting and asked us that question, my response would be along the lines of Alan's. And my next response would probably be a call to the school board asking why my child was asking us this question and, you know, <laughs> asking to see what the curriculum was. In, in lieu of the honesty of I am Corey, um, it doesn't surprise me that he just sat his parents down and said, I'm going to ask you a question, just answer it honestly, and then start rolling, then ask the question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm the guy who... When I was getting my honors cords for senior graduation, I whispered to my parents, I love you. Thank you. And my mom basically was like, shut up. Don't say another word. And start crying <laughs> on stage. So, you know, just the thing you do as a middle kid to get attention. Mm-hmm. Yes, my love. Middle child syndrome. It's I mean, real. I know we don't have it teenagers, but I prefer the direct approach, like an honest, like direct. Um, you know, I uh, when Grayson asked me questions, I tell him an age appropriate answer. Sometimes mm-hmm. we vary on Tyler and I what is age appropriate, because I think it's appropriate for uh, our children to have the proper anatomy terms and Tyler doesn't but so we refer to them in our own ways when we talk to him but I just think it's better to be direct fair enough and so there is one more interview on love and sex what do the ladies respond to exactly it's the uniform a turn on I can't explain it D-I-C. Uh-oh. That's vomit in the cafeteria. Gotta go. Good luck with your show, honey. Yes. This, at this point, we move to the editing studio 
uh, where some of our clips are seen and you see how they respond quite often. Uh, Topanga is quite disgusted by several of the guys' responses, and mm-hmm. she decided to interview <laughs> Janitor Bud. I just want to say, yes. why is our week all covered in vomit? It comes up even in the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just your week of vomit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, Janitor Bud Janitor does refer to the students as puke machine. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But then uh, <laughs> apparently the project's going a little long. So Topanga decides she's going to call her parents, let them know that they're going to finish the project at Corey's house. Thus, that's mm-hmm. where she is going to be. And then Corey says, watch the king, <laughs> then repeats the dialogue. <laughs> Topanga then <laughs> takes the phone. Let- Hi, mom, dad, I'm at Corey's. <laughs> <laughs> that she lets him know he's going to be finishing the project at their house, which I'm just going to say, knowing it's a video project for both parents, how are they expecting to finish this project at either of the houses? And why aren't there more yeah, people in the school question. editing right now? Yeah, it's an entire English lit class, and they only have one. I mean, this we've already covered this season and last season. This school district is not a well-off financially school district. They have very limited video resources. They can't have that many editing bays that Corey and Topanga can that each pair of students can have their own editing base. So this is seriously episodes get an episode that they can have an entire bay to themselves for the entire run of time that they've got. And also serious case of episodes got an episode where they're able to be in the school after hours with no adult around to even check in on what they would have presumably had to have signed in to use the equipment because they would have had to sign it out to use it. Someone would have had to have been in the building to know they're there. You would think so. Well, and janitors don't typically do all the cleaning while the students are there. Yeah. A few episodes back, who came in after school hours to see that Corey and someone else were messing around with the school paper to change Mr. Feeney's name to Mr. Weenie? Well, and I know it's further along, but he's there after school hours when there might be a a fire Mm -hmm. in a certain room. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a hundred percent episode as the episode. This is I have another leap that really bothered me. All right. Yes. Yes. And I have another leap that really bothered me. Topanga is full of integrity. Why is she calling and lying to her parents? Like, I could not. I was like, what? Yeah. Because I forgot that happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, and I mean, I know Corey usually follows Sean's lead, but him following Topanga's lead in that way was really weird. I, I feel like how Topanga's relationship with her family has been established is that honest, direct communication that I feel like I would find it more reasonable for Topanga to be like this is where we are this is what we're doing and her parents to accept that because that's just how it's been established right so the lying and saying they're at different houses just seems kind of out of nowhere for her yeah and 
I will say in Corey's defense, he knows Topanga is typically someone who will make solid choices. So for me, it doesn't seem out of character for him to follow her lead. Oh, no, no. What really seems out of character in that moment beyond Topanga just calling and lying like that. Up to this point, she's always referred to her parents by name. She's never called them mom or dad. It's always Jedediah and Chloe up to this point. Well, what were these writers thinking? It's almost like they don't care from episode to episode. They just put whatever they feel like on the paper. Um, but I will so say, our griping. I will say that as the show progresses, especially as they become graduated and learn more about their parents and their dynamics, mm-hmm. maybe just. Uh, unintentional consequence is that sometimes a little white lie is okay in the Lawrence household as long as you're back home at the right time. Topanga mm-hmm. gets away with running away from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia when she's <laughs> older. Like, this, right. this feels like such an odd thing Spoiler to Spoiler alert! About. I'm sorry! <laughs> wow, you just ruined like t- two seasons from now. <laughs> No, but I mean, which we won't get to for like a year or so. But sometimes the show does do a bad job of making it seem like the Lawrence household is this perfected perfection. And, you know, everything is wonderful there, but maybe it's not. And maybe there's just a small crack, you know, in the writers of what could come eventually. Yeah. But there is a lot of episodes. Got an episode here to set up the conflict. We got to get to the conflict. It is a very intense and very realistic conflict, but there is a lot of heavy lifting to get there. Topanga decides to lay down on the floor because she's a little tired, so she takes a five-minute nap. Then she'll wake up and be ready to go, and Corey goes, fine, I'll finish it. And then somehow Corey ends up on the floor as well, right beside her. Um, I think it would have been funnier if he had fallen asleep on the, like, where he was sitting and then just, like, fell on the floor because he fell asleep. It would have been funnier, but... I know, but we had to have them lying side by side. The only people that saw them was Janitor Bud and Mr. Feeney. Uh, People are still going to infer what they want to infer. Are you saying if two people sit on two different couches, then people are still going to assume... Yeah, as long as if they stay stay up late and sit on two different couches, you know, you get accused of making out in the middle of the night. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you speaking from experience? Brett and Kelly, how could you? <laughs> if any of those friends what are listening right now. <laughs> I don't remember. What did I no, do? <laughs> sorry. When we first started talking, <laughs> uh, we were just up late talking on the couches. And so like we were In, just like. We were. Contacts. We were at camp. Yes. So, sorry. We're at camp. Um, and That's so, what I was thinking you guys were talking about. Yeah. We were in like the middle area sitting on like two couches i was sitting on one tyler was sitting in another but allegedly we were sitting on the makeup couch and we were making out well i did okay i will say we told people oh yeah like we like we sat on the same couch and we were just talking for the rest of the night so people thought that meant we were making out which we weren't i can't believe you let them believe that tyler i know we're horrible (laughs) (laughs) i will say in relation when feeney and bud find Corey and topanga Topanga has her leg slightly on Corey, which mm-hmm. I find to be quite adorable. And a slight cute story about Sarah and I at same camp um, before we started dating, we were um, 
all of us decide to sleep in the main common area. And so I'm kind of like, I don't know, we're almost like a T formation, like the way that we're positioned. And I definitely like woke up at one point, like I was like, oh, my hand is like fully extended out towards Sarah. That's weird. I should not do that. And I'll turn. And then later on, she was like, oh, yeah, I was totally like while sleeping, like trying to reach out towards you. And I didn't realize it. Oh, hey, little little How signs romantical. that you never know are going to come back and be cute things. So, <laughs> yes, but yes. So as as mentioned, Mr. Feeney and Janet Bud do find Corey in Topanga this morning, and it leads to one of my all-time favorite Mr. Feeney quotes through the entire series. <clears throat> Five more minutes, Mom. <laughs> Good morning, sunshine. Breakfast is on the table. Today we're having a big bowl of sugar-frosted. You've got a lot of explaining to do. Feeney's mad. Yes. Ooh. Yes. And I will say before we get fully in depth into the Feeney response, I appreciate more of Alan be like, oh, yeah, I'll 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 wait up for Corey. Like, I'll stay up and completely passing out and being woken up, you know, first thing in the morning because I the second baby has come and I more often not fall asleep on the couch and she finds me in the morning at this point. So. I get up to feed the mm-hmm. baby, and there he is, sleeping on the couch. I mean, hey, I'm fine with sleeping in the bed by myself. <laughs> so I feel you, Alan. I feel you. I'm getting there. <laughs> You're there. Welcome to the club. <laughs> A mom would have woken up. That's a lot right. Sooner than that. That is right. Like, yep. If we would have nodded off, we would have woke up like 20 minutes later and went, oh, my gosh, where's Corey? At the most, like maybe an hour. Like, you know, it wouldn't been very long. Right. Mm -hmm. So we move forward to the uh, (laughs) after Alan gets in trouble. um, We move forward to Feeney getting Corey and Topanga in trouble. And now they're in the office. The two of you spent the night unsupervised on school property. Oh, Mr. Feeney, what do you think happened? Oh, my God. (laughs) Mr. Feeney, nothing happened. How could you think that? We're totally innocent. Tell him, Corey. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mr. Feeney, we were working late on our documentary. I fell asleep, then Corey fell asleep. That was it. Serious violations like this call for swift, decisive action. Uh... While I decide what that is, you're both dismissed for the rest of the day. Mr. Feeney, Mm. can we just keep this little incident between us? Of course, Miss Lawrence. Totally hush-hush. No one need know at all. And they walk out and everybody knows. In typical high school fashion. Typical high school TV fashion, but... I like how the hallways are clear. They go into the office for a few minutes and then everybody's there. Do you think it was just mm-hmm. a few minutes? Because, like, it was after seven. So, I mean, assuming school starts at eight. And when we first go on to that, he's talking to Amy on the phone. Right. Like. I mean, he could have called Jedediah and Chloe first. So. But, yes, I do love that Feeney's like, and you're going to be in so much trouble. And your punishment is going to be. Uh, I'm going to have to figure it out later. <laughs> Swift action. Uh, and while we're figuring that out, you just missed for the rest of the day. Have you guys ever done that in parenting? 
Oh, yes. Yes. And while we're figuring that out, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We have had many times where we've realized we need to do something and we're not sure what it is yet. Yeah, we've done that, too. <laughs> but uh, Sean has a very interesting respond to uh, everything that's going on. You are a god. What are you talking about? <laughs> like you don't know. Like you didn't spend the night with Topanga. All we did was edit. Hey, <laughs> you call it what you want, but you are the man. I'm not the man. Am and I Brett allowed to say it. the word slut on this podcast? Sure. Okay. I have a story. Whenever I was like younger and my mom was trying to describe the, which the double standard to me between like men and women, which is really the most vivid part I remember from this sex talk because we were driving in the car and she said that if women sleep around, they're considered sluts, but there's no word for that for Ben. <laughs> Which is not something like my mom would typically say. Does I can't she? see your mom saying No, that. but she did. I can't see your mom Good saying Good for her. That, so. She did. I'm proud of her. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good on you, uh, Mimi. Right. <laughs> he's a grandma that's right uh, alright yeah. so but anywho, here's, here's uh, Harley Brett if you could play the part from Harley uh, walking in there's the man <laughs> there he is barely three feet high I mean not much to look at but inside there lurks a little Harley kind of <laughs> so uh so Matthews come on tell the truth now did you sleep with her did you sleep with the panga well, that's a very private, personal, intimate hey, question. Are you the man? Or are you just you? I guess I'm the man. So quick story. This is nothing to do with sex. Um, but <laughs> when I was, I got my first iPhone, the iPhone 3. I was so excited. And I was like, I want to name the thing. I, I don't want to just be, you know, Tyler's phone. because That's lame. So I was trying to come up with something. And for whatever reason, just that ringing in my ear of the man kept popping up. I don't know if it's because I was doing like a uh, <laughs> one of my random deep dives and just like watching through Boy Meets World because, you know, every couple of years I do. And so I, this is just ringing in my ear at the time. And I was go, let's just go with the man's phone. So since then, when I was 19, uh, my phone has just always been the man's phone. And so everyone kind of looks at me like, what is the deal with that? As I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is where I subconsciously got this from. <laughs> because I always thought it was so funny. Harley opens the door and goes, there's the man. <laughs> because inside Tyler lurks a little Harley. Or a little Corey <laughs> that wants to hear Harley call him the man. Probably. <laughs> uh Yes. And Topanga is crushed. Yeah, but I, yeah. I like the way they position this. And as we were watching it, I noticed that Corey, Corey looks and you think he's looking towards Topanga. But the way mm -hmm. she's positioned is just a little bit behind. So I don't think he can actually see her because I think if no. Corey actually saw her face, he would go no. But I think he sees Sean and Sean has the face of, come on, man, tell us the truth. And he thinks the truth is I should say this thing to get Sean and I status. Do you think he would have 
defended Topanga if he saw her face? I think... Because I don't think he would have. Okay, mostly going in the line of I am Corey, Corey's I, but you're I think not he Corey. would have. You're, you're not Corey. <laughs> okay, going based on the podcast that we've gone through all these episodes, I think if he actually saw Topanga's face, he would have. I don't think he saw Topanga. I, I think there is an argument to be made that he would have, if he could have seen Topanga, he would not have gone along with it. Because it is very clear that there is not a line of sight between he and Topanga at that moment. Even if he has tunnel vision and can't and knows she's there but can't see her, you know, we don't get like a close up of her face through Corey's perspective. So that's why I think he didn't and see it, her. It does fit. This entire season, his mission has been to be seen and to be someone in this school. But by the same token, He's also been positioned as someone who, when faced with a decision where someone else, when he can see the impact it makes on someone else, and if he could see her face and the hurt that is on her face, then I do believe that in that moment he could have made the right decision. But taking that decision out of his hands and not being able to see her face, I do I, I I do believe that he could have made the right decision. I, I think Tyler could be. I I do believe Tyler's argument. Do you want to play the uh, Feeny laying into Turner, and then we can get into our general discussion about uh... <laughs> about how wrong Mr. Turner is? Sure. So, Mr. Turner, your little project seems to have spiraled totally out of control. Who could have possibly foreseen that? George, I think we both know what happened here. Yes, you have proven that our attitudes about sex have not changed for 400 years and that a rumor can still destroy a young girl's reputation. Rumors can only exist when things aren't out in the open. I was trying to get them to move from rumors and secrets to honest, open discussion. You gave them an assignment about sex and then you left them unsupervised. Yes, because I trust them. And was your trust justified? The assignment isn't in yet. Well, it was a terrible idea and I should have nipped it in the bud. What? <laughs> Not you. Okay. <laughs> I can't help but laugh at that part. Ah. <sighs> So thoughts, ladies? Well, Mr. Turner's dead wrong. <laughs> I'm forming thoughts. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be the one on the other side of the coin here. I think that Mr. Turner's project did exactly what it was supposed to do. It I mean, was supposed to show... Oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was going to say it was supposed to make a connection to the book that they were reading and to have those characters come alive. And that's exactly what it did. And that could have been for very good, open discussion in the classroom once everything came to light after the videos were shown. And I do agree with you that it, it did serve its purpose. I just think that he was callous whenever he assigned it, assuming that it would just be all. Absolutely. You know, it would be an easy thing because what it did was 
taint Topanga's reputation, even though, you know, Corey made that apology video and, you know, you know, said that nothing happened, even though he didn't actually say that. Um, but it's still, there's still people that are going to think that that's what happened. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. Like, so his project was in a way risking somebody's reputation by poking at mm-hmm. that too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where his response was, he trusted them. I'm like, ooh, teachers should not be on the friend level with kids. Right. He needed more oversight. Not, okay. not that I think this project is a good one at all, but he needs more oversight because it was opening up to people getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially teenage girls like right in this scenario like Corey gets praised but Topanga's gonna be looked down upon mm-hmm. and it's unfortunately the norm in our society that that's what it is and so he was playing too fast and too loose with the mm-hmm. with his students Mm-hmm. Well, the moment that they left, Corey is swarmed and nothing but good words were coming his way. And Topanga was immediately isolated. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't truly look, but one could argue that I think the only people in the hallway are all guys. I think Topanga is the only girl in the hallway. I could be wrong, but. That's how it feels. But even if she's not the only girl in the hallway. Unless you have like a best friend who's going to like support you. Unfortunately, a lot of those teenage girls are going to look down, you know, Mm -hmm. because of that's what society is. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't have an established best friend at this point. Not in this season. Yeah. Trini doesn't come until next season. Yeah, she needed Trini this day, that's for sure. Yeah. This may be why Trini becomes her best friend. Is there anything else we want to say about this before we get to uh, one of my favorite scenes in this whole episode? I'll hold my comments until Corey's video comes into play. Fair. Um, I do love the joke. What? Not you. I know, right? Oh, that was Nipped so it in funny. the bud. What? That, that was pretty great. I had to leave that in there. <laughs> yeah, but we go to uh, Corey sitting in the kitchen and he's reading uh, Much Ado About Nothing. And, you said uh, it. Finally. I tried. Every now and then my dyslexia doesn't get in the way. And uh, <laughs> Sean tries to come in saying, hey, man, can you sneak away? And I was like, uh, no, I'm grounded. Because, but you're my a god, My kids are man. grounded. <laughs> yeah, my kids are grounded. Poor Riley and Augie. <laughs> But I just, I love this. He goes, you're a god. And immediately Alan says, what's uh, so godlike about my son, Sean? Explain mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely like uh, love Alan at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean just tries to bail and says, that's a good idea. Because I think at this yeah. point, Alan is being very polite because they're not close yet. But he, if they were closer, he would be yelling at him. Yeah. 
I love that they're not making this easy on Corey and they are letting him feel every ounce of of difficulty for this because he deserves every ounce of difficulty for this because as as a parent there are times that your child needs to feel every ounce of the stupid decision they have made and your job is to protect your kid good looking people some of you might need to hear this love does not always mean protecting someone from the consequences of their action. Sometimes love means walking with someone through the consequences of their stupid decisions and simply being there for them to help them learn what they needed to learn. Sometimes love is letting them feel and deal with the consequences of their actions. And right now, Alan and Amy are showing true parental love by letting Corey feel the weight of his absolute asinine decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I love it. He goes, well, Mr. Popular, you're on. Explain it to me. And Corey tries to, you know, he finagles through it. And he goes, well, why would they think that you two slept together? Well, because we kind of did. And, (laughs) you know, he's like, well, why would they think like that? And just trying to point the blame of like, why do you think people are thinking the way that they are like because if you don't deny it it happens right well and he outright said i did do that so currently Corey is making it harder on topanga in the situation than he should Mm -hmm. and then amy uh comes in says topanga's in the other room and uh oh please send her away he goes Nope. Could you tell her I'm not here? <laughs> uh, and I, again, love Alan. Uh, son, if we stayed, would we it be any easy for this? you? <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be great. And they just walk away. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is probably one of the best parenting that they've done so far in our rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I will say, sometimes as a parent, you have to let your kids, for lack of a word, fry. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh yeah. So, my parents did that for me. The times in which I got in trouble and grounded from youth stuff, you know, mm. I had to fry <laughs> and deal with it. <laughs> but yes, as a did. side note, your mother is not a terrible person. No, she just took away <laughs> again. She took away the thing that I was most passionate about, most cared about. And again, I don't know if I actually said this, but. The times I actually got grounded from youth stuff, you know what I did? I hung out with my mom because I had nothing else to mm-hmm. do. So we'd go out to like eat and just hang out the two of us. So mm-hmm. I who just was... wanted to say for anybody who had missed your apology that your mom's not a terrible person. <laughs> no, she's not a terrible person. I love her. So she's an incredible mom. And then she got to hang out with me for a week. So isn't. Didn't she really just get something out of it more than? Isn't you know, she punishing? the one who really got punished? <laughs> anyway, yes, we do need to have Tyler's a new segment, apology guys. Tour is now wrapped up. Um, yeah, uh, Topanga comes in, I, and I like, I really like how Topanga handles this and just 
to, Corey's already on this this bit roasting over this fire, and Topanga has no mercy and just keeps turning this spit over the fire and stokes it even more. One could argue she uh, increases the, the burner and also goes faster. Hey, Topanga. How you doing? Not great, but I hear you're doing pretty good. Look, you know, people are going to talk, but that's all it is. Just talk. And in a few days, they're talking about something else. So it'll be like this never happened, right? You want me, Corey? What? You heard me. You want me? Take me. Everybody thinks you did it already. So go ahead and do it. Come on, Topanga, stop. What's the matter, Corey? Aren't you the man? Look, I just said what I said because everyone wanted me to say it. Well, you know what I want? I want my good name back. Well, you know, some people might argue that Topanga's not the best name to begin with. You know what I mean, Corey. And I hope you know how I feel. I feel like you used to be a good friend, and now... Now I don't know what you are. But I don't like you. And I think it's good that Corey just sits in that. Mm -hmm. Because, as we know, Topanga is a good friend of his. And he betrayed her trust. Indeed. I mean, essentially, he was the one that put her name in the mud. Right. Mm -hmm. He could have easily cleared it up and he didn't. And thus now forever, even as you know, Sarah had already said, even if when he does clarify, there's still going to be people out there that think that she's the high school, middle schooler who, you know, slept with a boy in the AV room. Those type of things stick with you. Um, I will say, um, cause I, I want to get more into this conversation slash eventually in Corey's apology and, uh, and all this jazz. But the one thing this episode I think is missing is how Eric responds to this. Cause I'm really curious yeah. on if he, cause sometimes there's points where Eric knows that Corey is lying about stuff and just kind of mm-hmm. doesn't let him get away with it. If you will. There would be a fantastic scene that could have been inserted where Eric could have had a great older brother moment with him. That's the one question mark I have is would Eric be one of the people just believing him or would he know that he didn't and thus not feeding into that? Um, I don't mind that it's left up to interpretation, but I know again as a younger brother with an older brother it i'm not saying i would defame a girl but in high school would i potentially if that got the approval of my brother i don't know i don't want to even think what the answer would be because you know when you're trying to get someone's approval it's amazing what you'll do Mm -hmm. so but um in, in lieu of Topanga just outright saying, you want to be the man, you said you're the man, prove it. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that? I love it. It was pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty boss. It slaps. <laughs> Dude, we're watching a 1990s show. I'm allowed to use 90s slang. Thank you very much. I was about much. to ask you if it was dank. <laughs> No, that's old Gen Z language. 
You know, in responses, all I have to say is, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) It was exactly what needed to be said, and I am fully on board the Topanga train on that one. Mm -hmm. I, I think she called his bluff perfectly, and he needed to hear it. Yeah. We all know Corey couldn't even could barely kiss a girl, let alone do anything else. <laughs> She's like, the one that called him a werewolf last uh, episode. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, like that's she knew that that wasn't who he was. Right. I mean, we've, we've, he was all talk. Yeah, we've established that Topanga knows Corey. She knows the character that he has and she always has. But we go to the classroom where uh you know which is a lot fuller than normal <laughs> yeah turner's ready to show the video and uh feeny walks in wondering are you sure you want to play this so basically uh turner says you know hey uh class should we uh play this and topanga says ask cory cory says i think uh if we don't watch it we'll never know anything Turner says, we're going to watch it. And you think Feeney's just looking like, oh, boy, let's see what happens. And (laughs) if I get fired now. Or if I fire Turner. Yeah. Or if I fire Turner, we need to be looking for a new English teacher. Yeah. Feeney's Feeney right there is thinking, "Okay, someone's getting fired. What is the most important advice you have for teenagers about sex? Be careful with that valuable equipment. (laughs) Cheap editing trick. I think sex is part of a special kind of love that you feel for a very special person. Love is the most important thing in the world, Matthews, and love is the only thing that makes sex worth having. Sex is part of a special kind of love. Love is the most amazing, rare, and precious thing in the whole world. That you feel for a very special person. Look, I didn't want to be in this documentary because I didn't have that much to say about sex and all. What's this? The special director's cut. And the reason I don't have that much to say about sex is because I don't have a lot of experience in that area. Some people think I do, but I don't. And if I let people think that I had some experience with someone, well, you know, it really isn't fair to that person that I didn't have the experience with. Well, perhaps this project is going to serve some purpose after all. I'm shocked. Me too. So I'd like to say I'm sorry to that person. And I should have acted more mature. You know, maybe we haven't come as far as we'd like to think in the last 400 years. (sighs) Okay, cut it, Sean. Stop the camera, Sean. Okay, now tell her how much you love her. Shut up, I do not. Then why would you do this for her if you don't love her? Because she's my friend. Will you stop the camera, Sean? Okay, here's where I'll weigh in on Turner. Turner got lucky. Because the fact that he went ahead... And continued to trust his students and did not preview the assignment before putting in that VCR is a lot more faith than he should have put in his students after all of this played out in the hallways. Yes. And after all of the issues this assignment had brought up in the halls of John Adams High, he should have at the very least previewed this assignment before 
displaying it to what appears to be a good third of the student body. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like whoever was in the uh, doc in each of the documentaries, they were all invited to come and watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with you completely. He definitely got lucky and he should have previewed them ahead of time, potentially even Feeney previewing them ahead of time. But it's just that episode has to episode of, you know, it's funnier to get Feeney and Turner both being shocked of, huh, this didn't blow up in our face. Um, (laughs) I mean, this is the one they are most concerned about because of the whole scandal, but I'm curious Mm -hmm. what Sean Hunter put out in his own video. I would love to see Sean. I'd love to see, first of all, whoever Sean got partnered with, but also I'd love to see Sean's video. (laughs) Yes. So um, outside of the assignment itself, how, how do we feel about the resolution of the whole situation of the scandal? It's a very TV convenient uh resolution it's tell us a, more sarah it, it's not obviously a real life resolution i mean because this is tv but i feel like they put a very nice spin on something that's really in real life like is gonna follow topanga around mm-hmm. and it will continue to hurt her reputation so I almost feel like maybe it put more of a negative thing, like like by showing that it could be tied up in a neat bow, like it made it seem like to people like, oh, you can come back from it. It's fine. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal. What you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is what actually occurred and the uh problem itself the situation is much larger than can be summed up in an apology correct yes it can't be uh summed up or fixed in just like an apology video that you know only a handful of people saw right it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's really like a heavy thing like a teenage girl's reputation got you know slandered it's smeared Mm -hmm. it's not an easy thing to come back from Mm -hmm. and especially if other guys think they can get the same thing that Corey says he got exactly yeah i will say that topanga does disappear for a little bit so maybe she went to a different school for a few episodes who knows kelly what are your thoughts Oh, I was thinking about Th- Sarah's thoughts. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will piggyback on Sarah's thoughts while while Kelly's thinking. Thanks. It it is it is very neatly tied up. And yes, it is 1994, and TV was much more much more simple uh, 30 years ago. Uh, it's a lot a lot less realistic to a lot a lot less realistic to life back then. But yeah, it is it is tied up a little too neatly. Um, uh, especially the fact that this is 22 minutes and yes, uh, you know, life doesn't work that way, but even still the fact that it's just 20 seconds at the end of a class project and everything's all good again. Um, it, it's a nice thought and a nice sentiment, but 
it, it would have been nice to see a little bit more from Corey. Um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe something in person, maybe something. Even that, if he like, I don't know, had to defend her in the hallways, like people were making fun mm-hmm. of her or something. Like, not that she needs defending or whatnot, but like if he had to in the hallway had to be like, listen, that didn't happen. Like, you know, because yeah, she's she's not the damsel in distress. She's a damsel. She's not the typical distress kind. She's just uh, she's a very together and she has her stuff together. But yes, to see him actually stand up in the hallways and even stand up to Harley would have been a, a much more complete ending. Right. And not that I want to see necessarily violence in the halls of John Adams High, but even to see him take a punch from Harley for lying to him in the midst of the chaos of the halls in between periods would have been a more uh, a more satisfying conclusion. Or a 90s fashion, uh, a it, swirly, something stupid like that. Yeah. It, it would have it would have had more weight to it and it would have had a lot more gravity to how because this is just this is just him in a class project uh, it's about as non-answer and answer as you can give and I, I understand with the way the sensors work you could only get away with the 830 time slot of saying the word sex even and that's one of the reasons they had to get creative with him saying, you know, and that thing. But even then, they could have been a little better with how they framed the way the, they wrote it. But this is just him uh, putting in 20 seconds at the end of a class assignment. There's no real gravity to it. But to him have some sort of finality to this in a 22-minute episode would have given it a little bit more of a punch to it and would have given him a little more real, I don't know, a little more learning for me. Almost like a he needed like a physical consequence, like something that he had to see what it actually was doing to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she went through a lot of emotional turmoil. He, he had nothing. Exactly. The only thing he went through is he got grounded um, his parents made him squirm because he had to deal with Topanga uh, sharing her anguish with him, and that was it. Like I feel and like there are no girls-, girls in the episode. You know, like they didn't have any girls' um, opinions in at least the video that they showed us. You know, mm-hmm. with their except Topanga's. Yeah, it's all guys. It was all guys. Yeah. This would have been a great two-parter to breathe. Well, and that's what I was going to say is if. If this was done today, this could have been a plot point that would have gone into another episode. And even for sitcoms nowadays and even 10 years ago, you were seeing that more and more of storylines carrying on. But I will say for the 90s, this very common of we have a problem, problem comes up, we solve the problem, we move on. And also, unfortunately... Um, and you ladies are very aware of this, but most of this is coming from the male perspective. So, hey, as long as he's friends with Topanga again, that's all that matters, right? No, no other problems can arise. There's no the other situation. consequences. Right. <laughs> and I think we can give the writers kudos, too, because that um, they almost did like an after school special 
you know, for that episode (laughs) in a way, um, because those things weren't really talked about in many of the kid type sitcoms at that time. Yeah, there weren't a lot of uh, there weren't a lot of uh, teen geared sitcoms that would talk about what it would do to a girl's reputation to have people think that she had slept with someone, whereas the guy would get the the praise. Yeah, I think they're one of the only ones in especially the early 90s in attempting to broach that topic. Well, I was going to say you definitely wouldn't have seen this on Full House or Family Matters or anything else like that. So Right. Yeah, I was trying to think back. I'm like, did they ever? Uh, uh, no, they never did. I'm trying to think if Saved by the Bell did anything. No, no Zach it's all about just trash and that's it. Zach Morris it's all about riddling there. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the teen advice line. There had to have been something on Saved by the Bell, Sarah. That's what Especially I with think. Slater. Yeah, there would have had to have Between been. Slater and Zach, there had to be at least one episode. Right. I just can't think of anything specific, but I'm... <clears throat> Good looking people, if you are if you are old enough to be in our age bracket and you remember episodes of Saved by the Bell better than we do, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you remember a show from the 90s that covered this uh, better, if not similar, just let us know because we are more than willing to watch it and say that we're wrong because from our vantage point boy meets world is really the only one that's that was doing this at the time and even even with the whole fact that they wrap it up within you know the certain time period and even the main issue coming in you know only really halfway through the episode they still handle it well for the time step by step maybe yes for the time it was 30 step years ago. Step by step, <laughs> day by day. Sorry, we are legally required to step by step to start singing the song. Obviously. Our lawyers said so. Yes. Anyway, I believe that's our episode. We do not own the rights to that. <laughs> we do not own the rights to yes, step by step. Yes. Uh, yes, that is an we episode. So we should probably <laughs> hit that music, Brett. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right. So this episode clearly gets into the classic Shakespeare work of Much Ado About Nothing, which literally is about a young lady who is accused of having sex and her reputation taking a hit. Much Ado About Nothing is a comedy written by William Shakespeare. Written in between 1598 and 1599, the play was included in the first Thaleo, published in 1623. I mean, the show establishes really well of the actual story about a young lady being accused of having sex with somebody and just what she goes through during that time period and, and the public uh, discourse about it. So uh, the title of said show is a play on a song from the 1950s, uh, 1957 to be exact, by a group called the Everly Brothers. And it is about a uh, young couple who uh, fall asleep while watching a movie, probably a uh, drive-in movie, waking up at about 4 a.m., realizing uh, we need to get home. And what are people going to say, basically? Full House does this. 
the scenario. Oh, oh. And DJ goes to Steve's apartment because Steve has an apartment. It took that for me to remember that this does kind of get touched in Full House. (laughs) You're right, because DJ then is viewed as by from the dads of Mm -hmm. that she did something and she basically has to fight to get her mm-hmm. good name back that it's it was just an accident like and, why don't you trust me and it was just the family that she was mm-hmm. slandered against so you're right yeah i agree that is a good episode yeah i wonder if that was after boy meets world did it or before the apartment episode of full house september 21st is, 1993 yeah this episode boy meets world is about a year after oh so they my did gosh full house did it first but that was in the context of mostly just only being in the family and dad and uh, surrogate dads not believing her. I think we may have covered NYPD Blue before. I think it was the first time because the first time we all gathered because Sean had said something about two guys on a bus getting dirty. Uh, and that was supposed to be an NYPD Blue thing. But anywho, NYPD Blue, 15th Precinct. I've done that before. We don't need to cover that again. Melrose Place. Well, Melrose Place uh, is a TV show as a soap opera that aired on Fox from July 8th, 1992 until May 24th, uh, 1999. Uh, so it ran for seven seasons. Lots of different people in it. But the show is set in a small fictional apartment a country yard complex located on uh, 40. 6 and 16 Melgros Place in Hollywood, West Hollywood. It's one of those shows that people would have been into because drama, all that jazz. Probably a precursor to like Grey's Anatomy and whatnot. Uh, Heather Locklear, famous actress, oh, was on Melgros Place from 1993 until 1999. She was in a bunch of different shows, got nominated for a global uh, Golden Globe. Oh, she was in Chips. That's cool. Uh, Fantasy Spin Island, well, Spin City, Batman the Anime Series. She was the voice of uh, Lisa Clark, whoever that is. She was in Hannah Montana, Will's Engagement. Just It appears, though, she's just been a bunch of random stuff. So Return of Swamp Thing, Wayne's World 2. Party time. Excellent. <laughs> Swing. <laughs> Sorry, good looking people. That's all right. <laughs> So the last thing that we should talk about is editing at this time. Now, Brett, you have much more experience when it comes to editing and, and would <laughs> on occasion have to edit things like VHS tapes. So could you take over this little section and talk a little bit about difficulties and frustrations about editing tapes? Editing at this point in 1994 was a lot more involved than Anyone doing editing today would do. It it involved a lot. What you see on screen is big machines. You're playing one videotape onto another. It's a very labor-intensive process. And what Corey and Topanga are doing, taking hours to take, especially all of the different interviews they filmed, to try and condense all of that down into a couple of minutes. It was insane. When I first started Uh, really editing stuff back in the early aughts. We were just really getting into digital editing, and I would digitize VHSC tapes by playing them and capturing them into a, a capture card on a computer and then going into the digital file and editing that. So even before that, in 1994, it was 
much more laborious. Well, and they make it appear as though they have like nine tapes that they have to go through. That's not a TV uh, conceit. It's a very real thing. They they could have done it all in one tape, but it made more sense for them to record each interview on one individual tape. I will say that around this time, they started doing what's called non-linear editing. Because up until like the 70s, especially, sorry, mostly in the 80s, 90s, before then, if you wanted to edit, you needed to film everything in exact order. And then that's what you did. And, you know, we started mostly in the 80s, 90s, being able to do more things like doing scenes here and there. And that's also why, like, you could say that movies started becoming a little more creative and started doing more elaborate stuff um, because you could have a lot of dangerous stunts done later on in their shoot and get a lot more of the establishing stuff and more closer up things. That's why things like Tom Cruise uh, injuring himself during the middle of a stunt, uh, you know, shuts down production for weeks on end. They'd much rather shut down production at the end than in the middle. I have a big bone to pick about that, but that's for a whole nother day. But I think that's all the fast facts because we've covered before on the podcast that essentially state of Pennsylvania is very clear of the type of sex education you're allowed to have. Uh, so if you want to listen more about that, you need to go to pairing off. But to recap, it's essentially is abstinence based and mostly just about preventing um, sexually transmitted diseases. So what did we learn this week? You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend, Mr. Matthews, will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? So what did we learn today? <laughs> Ladies, because I know you always complain that you didn't tell us that. We will go first, and then you can give us what you learned. But you have done this before a couple of times. Um, oh, I can go. It's fine. Okay. Would you like to share what you learned today? <laughs> I learned nothing other than the fact that um, the show was written by a man, and they are really great at covering up um, what real problems the teenage girls are facing. And obviously, Corey did the right thing, and it's all summed up neatly. And so basically, I learned that these writers don't care. The end. I could cut that sarcasm with a knife. (laughs) Kelly, do you have any other thoughts on misogyny? I mean, the episode. (laughs) Come back to me. I'm trying to think about what I learned. Okay. The patriarchy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hit all the buzzwords. Misogyny, patriarchy. Where's my bingo card? (laughs) You got to hashtag all those words when you put this podcast out. Oh, yeah. We got to hashtag them. You're going to get like the highest uh, listened to podcast this time because. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag down with the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I'll go then and say what I learned. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I learned in this was just because you have an idea and it makes sense and you you think you know it's going to go well does not mean that you fully thought it all through and you need to be ready to deal with the consequences. And Mm -hmm. if you're asking teenagers to do something that 
could get them into bad spots and and, and not good situations you have to realize that you put them in those places uh we've we've spoken before about the awesome responsibilities that the teachers have and parents have um and it's just one of those confirming of you know yes your idea can be great but boy is it uh it's a slippery slide to bad that's another thing mr turner doesn't face any repercussions he gets yelled at <laughs> i think i've got an idea of where that grade's going to come from for sarah when it comes time <laughs> yes so Heatherington's, what did you learn? <laughs> uh, Kelly, do you want to go first with your? Okay. I'm going to stick with what I already shared for my learning. Really reinforce what love is for a parent. And sometimes it is letting your kids experience the full brunt of their really boneheaded decisions. Uh, I mean, I could, I could really point out the need to learn not to trust adolescents with a free reign of here, do whatever you want with this equipment and this topic, give some framework, but stuff like that's going to happen. And when it does as a parent, if your kid makes a dumb decision, there are times where they need to feel the weight of their decision so that they learn from it. And that is what I need to be reminded of. And there are times where I want to protect my kids from that, but I need to remember that there are decisions they make that they need to feel the weight from so that they learn not to do it again. Kelly? Well, I learned that adults don't take responsibility for children being in buildings. <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> in the 90s. Oh, my gosh. It's like, I keep going back to that. Like, none of that would have happened if there was a responsible adult. Well, Janitor Bud's definitely not responsible. <laughs> he wanted to drop ammonia on their heads to wake him up. <laughs> but he wasn't there at night. No. Yeah, you would assume they would have a night cleaner. Mm -hmm. That's the Or thing. something. Like, they shouldn't have. I mean, and it's not like they snuck in. Well, they didn't tell us if they snuck in. I guess they could have All signs no, don't point to them not sneaking in. Like, it... It all appears to be that they went in, like, while there were people there. Mm -hmm. We assume they were there when school ended. Just yeah. stayed there. And just stayed there. And, yeah, so that's not okay. Yeah. Teenagers need to be supervised. I agree. Whether they like it or not. They spelled A with a B. Sure. We can get the grades. Honey, Did would you, you like to go first Sarah? on your grade? <laughs> sure. I give it a D plus. <laughs> and the only reason oh, why it plus. gets a plus is for Alan and Amy's parenting. Everything else about <laughs> this episode just annoys me and frustrates me. As a female, and I'm not even one of those crazy feminist people. I'm just a normal <laughs> female. But everything about this episode frustrates me from the misogyny and the patriarchy and all of it. So Alan and Amy parenting, 
when they're amazing, everybody else sucks. Except for Topanga. <laughs> Except for the fact she forgave him. The end. All right. That's about what I was expecting. <laughs> Kelly? Were you expecting an F? <laughs> I was expecting an F. No, I was very no. proud of your D plus. I, I was expecting in the range of a D, and that was pretty much exactly why I was expecting a D, is what you shared. I'm going a little bit higher. I'm giving the episode a C, just a straight average C. Am I supposed to say why? You don't have to if you don't want to. Is that part of this thing? I just felt okay. like I needed to explain my plus. <laughs> oh my gosh, I get it. I get it so much. Um, my thing was that there was way too much episodes got an episode in this one. There's just too many things that just didn't make sense to me. Um, another reason I gave it a C was because it did at least have a positive message that sex is more than just satisfying your physical desires and your hormones that it was um especially joey joey pointed out that it was best in a monogamous relationship and we talked about how love and sex are should not be separated um that they come together so at least we got a little bit of good message in there but i'll echo sarah that the parenting was on point feeney was on point and yeah Brett, would you like That's to go next? all I got to say about that. Um, I, I'm going to, if this were a musical scale, I'd be exactly with Sarah, but it's a grading scale, so I'm a half step above. I'm a C minus. <laughs> um, a lot of heavy really lifting like with reference. the episode. <laughs> a lot of heavy lifting with the episodes. Got an episode. Turner got lucky in the end, um, but the parenting is what really saves it. Um, Corey having to feel the weight of his decision and choosing to make the right decision in the end and being able to learn through the process is what really makes the episode work. Um, but there's just, there's just so much in the setup to get to there that makes it really hard to get into. Am I going to watch the episode again and again? Sure. But it just, there's just a lot to get there and there's a lot in there that Feeney, from from a realistic standpoint, Feeney should have stepped in and exercised his authority. I'm going to have to give this episode an A+. You're sleeping on the couch tonight, right? That's fine. I accept it. <laughs> um, I was probably going to sleep there anyway. Sick babies. A+. <laughs> okay, go ahead. My main reason behind this is because this is it's it's a top 20 episode for me um mm -hmm. it's one of those episodes i'm gonna watch a lot um and this is a good compilation of the hubris of so many of our beloved characters and it it's it's one of those times when cory cory knows the right decision and he just decides not to do it and Corey truly puts himself in the bad position and, and his actions directly affect Topanga. Now, I agree coming from the perspective of in the, you know, we're now in the 2020s. 
of should more have come from this? Absolutely. Was this wrapped up too fast? Absolutely. The parenting, even though it was not very long, was probably some of the best parenting we've seen yet. I wish that we could have had a moment with him and uh, Amy and and her helping him to understand why he did what was wrong. But mm-hmm. in the way that Alan acts, you can see very clearly you you can see how angry both of the parents are um, just in the way that Alan responds to the why is my my son a god? What makes him so godly? Mm-hmm. What makes him so popular right now? Um, mm-hmm. And also just that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those episodes where I agree episode had the episode and I don't always think that's a bad thing. I know we tend to use that as a, a catch all for, well, we just got to get to there. So let's get to there. But at the end of the day, Corey learns best through real life situations. Um, and I think he wouldn't have learned this lesson unless it happened to Topanga. Corey simply is not going to learn this lesson on his own. And, and he's not going to go through a book to get it. But at the end, you see him sitting in the kitchen and he's reading the book. So even though Turner decided to put the book aside and allow the students to use the cameras to to learn the lesson, he opened the book and he was reading it. What he was reading, who knows? How much did he actually read? Who knows? But it was enough that he decided to, you know, take what they already did and add to it an apology. And I know he could have apologized more. It could have been bigger. But for them being so young, it does make sense. The apology that he gives and the love that the two of them have. Uh, Turner made really poor choices. Feeney allowed himself to be a little more teacher than administrator in this episode. Um, Corey was persuaded by signs of popularity that this was a quick way for him to get attention and, you know, made poor choices. And he hurt one of the people that he loves the most. Um, And also, I will say in the realm of real life, any time, whether it be uh, Sarah and I getting into a disagreement and and being in an argument or something that my son does against me, and either being disrespectful or, or doing something that hurts me, the amount of time it takes me to forgive them is nothing. Um, and it just takes a few minutes of, hey, I'm sorry, or hey, I thought about this. Hey, you know, I shouldn't have done the thing I did. And it's done. It's over. I forgot about it. Um, so I don't I don't want to ever discredit the love that the two of them truly have for each other, even at this age. And I get that they're just, you know, 13 years old, but they do get married eventually. Yes, my love. But he doesn't understand the actual repercussions she has to go through because it's not repercussions for him. It's for her. I agree with that completely. You can mute me again. It just from my (laughs) vantage point as I guess just as a guy, as dad, you know, 
I this is just an incredible episode. And maybe this just the incredible episode in the realm of the small window that are that is given, but not a full fledged seeing everything. So, again, for the 90s, I think this is really good. Again, looking out through the 2000s lens, <laughs> I fully agree with you guys. There was not enough consequences, and Corey should have dealt with more. But for this time period, A+. A plus. Well, and I feel like we're going to always have wildly different views because you grew up a male teenager and I a female teenager, Correct. obviously. Um, and so we have two very different experiences of high school. Correct. And, um, our reputation. Correct. So I don't hey, like Sarah. your, uh, grade, but I can see why you did it. Shall we call this a night? Well, we can. Because you owe us you owe us a dad joke. I do owe you a dad joke. So if someone wants to say some words before I do, since I did a lot of talking just now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to call that an episode. And uh, before we call it an episode, Tyler's going to give us a dad joke. Before he does that, we're going to let the ladies say goodnight and uh, head on out because we've kept them busy for quite some time. So, uh, Kelly and Sarah, do you want to say goodnight to the good-looking people? Goodnight. Goodnight. (laughs) So I do have a dad joke for you. It's an interactive one. All right. So, uh, well, I'll go to, to you, my love, since you're right here still. Uh Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. (laughs) It's a song that my son has been doing all day today and still (laughs) doesn't fully get the concept of interrupting. So is it corny? Is it lame? Is it also funny to some people? It's a dad joke. I was trying to get Grayson to do it and he couldn't get that you have to move. While there's oh, while someone was talking, <laughs> yeah. he kept doing it afterwards. And I'm like, no, no, honey, and he's like, oh, I just can't get it. <laughs> and with that, good-looking people, it's been Moo. A, it's been an episode. Moo, and we welcome you to join us next time. And uh, until then. We uh, we're gonna say write us an email, send us uh, uh, your thoughts, and uh, drop us a five star review or a review that you think we're worthy of because it helps people find us. You can f- yeah, you can find us online at uh, all of our social media profiles at Dad Meets Dad's Meet World, and you can leave us your grades, your thoughts, and uh, your hints, allegations, and things left unsaid. And hey, bonus internet points if you can tell me what band that's a reference to. Yeah, you can find us at Dad's Meet uh, AO at World. <laughs> AO. <laughs> I think that's quite enough for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until next time, good looking. I'll see ya. See ya, good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story.
why are you circling my head? <laughs> Sorry, he was playing with the mouse and the little arrow was circling my head. I agree completely with whatever Kelly just said. Brett was talking. I said nothing. Oh, well, I still agree with <laughs> Kelly. Yay. <laughs> Sorry, I did not hear you. I was trying to be a nice husband. In front of more than just the class, even. Even if, like, he... Uh, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just startled our baby. a little bit. Um, sorry, I was reasonably trying to chew my Pop-Tart. I thought you were going to have an opinion, but no, you decided to awkwardly <laughs> just sit there. <laughs> I thought there was more to the <laughs> I Okay, I also thought that could have been two, but... <laughs> I appreciate... Well, I, I... Sorry, go ahead. No, did you have a I thought? Go ahead. Say, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I had my earbud in my wrong ear and I couldn't Ow. figure out why it was hurting. That's fair. Okay, I'm better now. <laughs> Is everything okay? Oh, yeah. The chairs, she's done with the chair. Oh, okay. That's fair. Because it's a crappy chair. She's done got, with recording. You gotta she's grab the button. Okay, by, the by the next time that you guest, I will have a better chair and an ac a, a, a boom stand. Okay. I said to say, if the two of you would just project like Brett and I obnoxiously project, then this wouldn't be a problem podcast i can hear you i can project and all of a sudden it wants to open in quick time okay we'll just pretend we played the main theme because that one is in the cloud okay <laughs> all right everything else is local so we're good all right that sounds good well since we're just playing it well anyway i'm just looking for my script and that because it still does not want to be in the right order. I can't find it. So I'll find it when we start talking. So yeah. 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 Yeah.